Are you recording? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> if it's all right with you, gentlemen, I think we'll record a podcast. Okay. Uh, we are going to talk about planting and early season management. Correct. Does that sound like a load of fun? Oh, yeah. Cool. For some of us, yeah. Hello and welcome back to the MC Podcast. I am your host, as always, Andrew Crabtree, joined by a uh, taller, skinnier podcast host, Kyle Vosberg. Correct. We're here. We are. And we are going to talk about planting and early season management. Yes. It's kind of exciting. It is. It's exciting in that I, if that window weren't covered up with soundproof barriers to help this podcast sound better, you could see that it's beautiful outside. It is. It is going to be 81, 82 here in Southern Illinois today, so... And sunny and finally actually starting to feel as warm as the date. Correct. It's been kind of, I know that, I know that April was kind of a warmish April for most of the country. Yep. Uh, May's kind of been a cool, a cooler May. Yep. So where does that leave us for, I know, you know, if you look at the last two or three years, we've had flooding and just terrible conditions. Uh, a lot of a lot of replant, a lot of late planting, a lot of guys switching out of corn. Yep. If we look at 2020, where we stand today in the middle of May, where are we at on track to be planting or conditions across the country? I mean, USDA reports are good. You know, things are, are really good. It's funny. We did a podcast, what, a week or two ago, and we were talking about the blessing of, of how nice it had been, and, and it has been. Um, we did, you know, it's 82 today. We did get a, some of us, we didn't locally, but some of us here in the Midwest got a frost early in the week. Um, I know that up in the, and yeah, Northeast, it got really bad. It got really cold in the Northeast. I think in Dakotas, they hit like 27 overnight too. Yeah. So it was really cold, um, in mid-May, which isn't fun. Um, you know, the good point, the good part about that is, you know, from a soybean standpoint, um, if you haven't emerged, you're usually okay with a frost. Um, and if you, if you're in corn and you have emerged, as long as your grow points below the ground, it's usually not as detrimental as say, you know, knee high corn that gets a frost or ankle high corn that gets a frost. So, um, you know, it, I think a lot of the corn just started emerging and rowing up. So I don't think it was going to be that big of a, an issue, but it has been a touch chilly. I mean, it has, there's, there's no doubt about it. This, these 80 degree days here, the next, uh, couple of weeks are going to feel pretty nice. Yeah. We're going to be mowing a lot more. That's yeah. for sure. <laughs> <laughs> for those of us that have grass. Yeah. Um, hybrid selection, you were talking about planting, we're talking about emergence. Um, where does, where does your hybrid selection play into those, in, into that equation, especially if you are one of those people that haven't planted yet and maybe it is getting wet or maybe it is getting cold, like what are you looking at for hybrid selection? Right. I mean, that's happening way before the spring. Now, you know, last year was a little bit different of a, of a situation. Um, most guys know I'm not the one to panic. I'm not a guy who panics very easily, uh, at least in a, in a work environment, sure. <laughs> maybe at home around the family. Sometimes <laughs> I, I, I freak out a little quicker than I should, but no, I mean, from, from that situation, you know, last year I tried to take it, you know, day by day approach. Now, when we hit June 1st, that's probably, that's, that's a, out. that's a cause for concern. Um, right now, no, I mean, you should, you should have your hybrids pre-selected. 
um, you know, you should be deciding on that in the winter with your with either your dealer um, or whoever your seedsman is. Um, and honestly, you know, Scott was always good about pushing this, and I know our sales staff still promotes it. Um, you know, don't put all your eggs in one basket. Don't pick one hybrid that's going to put you in a situation where maybe you picked a hybrid that couldn't take cold temperatures early on. Um, you know, something with a little better vigor. Um, so, so diversify your acres. A yeah, little bit. yeah. Three, four hybrids. You know, picking a couple across to relative maturity that that kind of spread that out for you. Very cool. Um, so, what's your advice right now? So, we're talking about guys that are getting ready to plant or guys that have just planted. What would be kind of your advice? Uh, to somebody who has just planted and maybe they are worried that that frost hit at a wrong time or, you know, what's your advice for those guys that have planted and, and what's the next step now? Yeah. I mean, for the guys who got the heavy frost, you know, keep an eye on it. Um, you know, you, you hate to say it, but you know, that, that happens. Um, keep an eye on your stands, keep an eye on your plants. Uh, at what sure. point do you feel like we need to talk about replanting? You're a couple days away. You're, I mean, you should, you'll, you'll know some significantly stunted growth. Um, I think the turnaround in temperatures will help that tremendously. Um, I mean, personally, even let's, I mean, unless you were planted the second week of April, I don't really think you're going to have an issue with the frost. Um, you know, so just kind of keep an eye on it. Use and your what best would you judgment. See, what, what would you see that would say, when I see this, I, I need to probably consider replant? Um, either halted plant growth or, or plants that are dying plants that were above and, the, and it was frozen and you got a freeze point that was above the ground, uh, a growth point that had froze. So, uh, it's, it's pretty telltale. I mean, you're, you're going to know if you had an issue. I just really don't think that there was that many who got it. You know, we are in the middle of May. Yeah. You know, I, I think next week will be the major planting week. I think most guys in the Midwest and out East are going to really start going at it. Um, a lot of the guys, you know, you, you kind of see like, in the Midwest specifically, you, you kind of have these different waves. You have that first wave of guys who want to get in and get planted early. Um, you have the next wave of guys who see other guys planting, so they plant behind them. And then you have the guys who plant at normal. And it's just how it is. I mean, you want to get out there. You get that guy that's like rubbing his hands like, oh, you get excited. got to get out there. And yeah. then you're like, there's like a nice, a, a decent day in March. And they're like, you know. And there's thinking guys, about it. There's guys who have a lot of acres and they've got to start early. I mean, you don't want to be planting corn in June. You don't. Yeah. Um, not at least with the understanding that you're going to have a good yield response. Um, you know, so you got to get started early. And then you've got the guys who, you know, maybe held on or had some other stuff going on. Um, I think there's going to be a lot of guys uh, trying to get in and get their weed out and and make straw. There's not a lot of straw right now. Uh, yeah. So I think that for, for that reason, I think guys are going to be kind of busy doing some of that. But um, I mean, other than that tiny little freeze and a little bit of a cold spell, and honestly, the cold spell was what, mid 60s, the yeah. low 70s over during the day, and then maybe low 50s, high 40s overnight, I think will be just fine. So, so we talked about what's your advice to the guy that's in the ground and maybe a little stressed out. What's your advice? This is this podcast is going to air in the middle of May. What's your advice to the guy that hasn't got in the ground yet? Yeah. Maybe stressing for a whole different reason. Yeah. Um, again, don't rush it. Um, now we're in the middle of May. The temperatures are going to be right. You're going to think that you just need to get all your acres planted. You know, spread your risk out. Um, you know, take your time. You know, a lot of times we think, well, and I, I am a guy, I push being planted by June 1st quite a bit. If you can in the Midwest, you need to be in the ground by June 1st. There's a lot of uh, collegiate studies that show that after June 1st, you're really kind of giving up some yield every day that you're not in the ground. And that's just from a GDU standpoint. So 
don't rush it, but at the same time, you could cause a lot of issues by rushing it. Yeah. Um, you know, you've got time. You know, we're still, what's today, the 14th of May um, that we're recording this. So you've, you've got time. Don't rush it. Take your time. Make sure that you're going slow. Make sure that you're planting properly. Everything on your planter is set up. You know, don't go out there just, you know, trying to push it and get done. For a guy, so when we talked about that June 1st day being kind of a, a big milestone, you know, let's speak to the guy who, who, for whatever reason, misses that or is going to be a little later than that. Is there any, in your mind, is there any justification for maybe trying to, if possible, switch out a longer hybrid for a shorter, shorter day season or... Or is it that at that point, or are you really just kind of just dedicated to writing it out and see where right. it goes? So that's that's dependent on your fall frost date. Um, so you have to understand that anytime you're going to back off population, there's the likelihood that you're going to back off an overall yield. Um, now, what happens with that June first date is usually after June, it starts to get hot real quick. Yeah. Um, and what happens is is that seed germinates, and in those first corn actually enjoys the spring of the cooler temps. Um, planting corn into really hot, warm soil and really hot, humid air temps is not ideal. And so what happens is physiologically that plant starts to uh, get a little leery on you mm -hmm. um, in June because you get in the middle of June, we start falling into July. I mean, it could be, you know, 90 degree days and that, that can be really or stressful. For, yeah, it can be really stressful for a corn plant. And so that's where that yield response comes from is that you're stressing that plant early on in its physiological maturity. So you're not necessarily looking at your relative maturity as the biggest factor there. And then you're not looking at the end of the season where you're cutting off. You're really looking at how bad are things going to be getting the corn out of the ground. Right. But you also have to keep in mind, um, if your frost date is the end of September and you're part of the country, you know, maybe you won't have the days to finish it out. Yeah. You need to look at a calendar and do the math. You know, there's a lot of places in the country where the last part of September, first week of October, um, you know, September, October, right in that in that area, you're going to hit a frost. And so you need to kind of have an idea of that. Um, a lot of guys use the moon phases of that time. Sometimes if you have a, a the moon phases are kind of adjusted correctly, there's uh, there's some, some telltale to that and how it's going to affect your frost. But you know, you just want to keep that in mind if you do decide you're going to back off. If you've got a, a couple, you know, maybe you've planted 90% of your acres, but you've just got those couple of fields that you haven't got in yet and something happens, it gets really wet, it floods, yep. or whatever, and then you do get into the summer. Um, is there, are there alternative crops or is there another plan you can look at? I mean, I don't know if we are, can we look at something like master graze there or is there another crop that you can maybe make some, uh, some kind of nutritious forage out of that would be better than trying to plant? traditional corn silage in, in June. Right. Yeah. I mean, there's, there are some to that. I mean, especially if you're in uh, what we would consider a short relative maturity area, um, I would be looking at something like a master graze. Um, I would be looking at any sort of, uh, you know, uh, one-time harvest kind of grass, you know, whether that be, you know, maybe using a Sudan grass or a, a sorghum, um, but a master graze would work in that situation as long as you were ready and prepared to take on something like that, then yeah, you can go to a shorter season uh, uh, product like that very easily. All right. So we, we've talked through planting. Well, now we've planted. Our corn is in the ground. We feel accomplished. We've worked hard. Now what? What can I do proactively to ensure the health of my crops and my soil now that the corn's in the ground? Or am I just sitting around waiting? Well, from a dairy standpoint, never. Uh, 
so, I mean, in all honesty, with the temperatures rising right now, you're going to be in alfalfa and hay cutting. Uh, you're going to be turning around. I mean, I know right now there's already guys selling 2020 first cut hay. Um, so you've got that going on. You've got guys cutting uh, triticale. Uh, you've got your winter wheats and your rye. Um, for those guys who are going to make straw, you've got straw to make. I mean, it's you're just turning around. Um, from a grain acre standpoint, soybeans have to get in the ground. Um you know, a lot of those guys have hay to cut. I mean, this is, I mean, it's kind of funny. You always think like with corn, you just plant corn and you're done. But um, our customers and everybody's customers use different products and other products. And you're just preparing and getting them into that. Um, and then when that harvest is done, maybe you're planting alfalfa. Maybe this is your year to, to replant your alfalfa stands or, you know, you've got tons of other crops to get into, um, you know, plus the, the side effects of the markets. And what are you going to do with the animals on your farm right now? So it's a busy time. That's for sure. Talk, talk to me about herbicide program and, and what you what you would look at and recommend there. Yeah. So this is, it's always a, a moving spectrum. It seems like, um, from a standpoint from herbicides, there's not been a lot of quote unquote new, uh, types of herbicide. You know, we have new products and, and new names, but things really haven't changed in that market over the you know, the past, you could say 15, 20 years, you know, we're kind of using some of the same chemistries, we're just mixing and matching. So, um, you know, the standard in this country is a, is an atrazine program, you know, whether you're conventional or genetically modified atrazine is kind of the staple in herbicide management. And, you know, I would say, you know, look at different products, talk to your seedsmen. Um, don't year, year in and year out go with the same product at the same rate you've always used. Um, you know, I've always heard guys say that, but it's not until you're actually on farms and you, you have a herbicide program of your own even that you realize, man, you know, we do use the same thing every single year. We deal with the same issues every single year. Um, you know, in the Midwest, we, we deal with a lot of issues with Palmer, um, and that's becoming more and more of an issue on the Liberty side, on the glufosinate side. And so, you know, it's, it's good to look at different, uh, different products. I know Syngenta has come out with some new products here the past couple of years. They're just different mixtures. Um, and you're putting something different on the ground. Maybe you really want to kind of give weeds a run for their money. You don't want them to have the same thing year in and year out because they're going to figure you out. Right. Um, you know, and it's, so it's good to have that in your back pocket. Um, if you are going to, you know, to talk about any, some, you know, anything that might be new or slightly different, is there anything that you've seen in the last couple of years that maybe you think a guy should take a look at if he hasn't yet? I mean, from that standpoint, not really. There's, you know, we're still looking at a lot of the same stuff. I've just seen guys kind of mix it up a little bit, you know, especially on their passes instead of going so hard on their pre-pass, you know, with guys using a more of a dicamba burndown situation early now, I think guys are holding off and able to get in and, and put, a, put a little bit more atrazine or whatever their program is post-plant and try to handle it that way. Um, I have noticed there's some more conventional tillage falling back into the marketplace. And so I think with that has, uh, has brought a little bit of uh, weed control early on. Um, sometimes that can bring weeds later on in the growing season, um, unfortunately, when it comes to conventional tillage. But, um, you know, not from a market standpoint, I don't know if there's anything I could say or promote, but I just think guys are, are changing things up. And that's a good thing. I mean, we've got to, we have to be good stewards of the ground and we have to, you know, ensure that, you know, we're doing the right things. But, you know, when you've got enough, it's hard because as a grower, you've got a lot on your plate already with with the market and cows and products and salesmen and everybody else, you know, um, it's hard to bring in somebody and say, well, let's switch up your chemical program as well. Um, but you know, it's, it's about being there for the grower and helping them out the best we can. All right. So we've talked through planting. Yep. We've talked through some weed control. Yep. 
Is it too early to start thinking about next year? No, not at all. No, you. From any standpoint, I don't. I don't care if you're a, a grain grower. I don't care if you're growing grain to go to the elevator for a, a futures contract, or if you are a dairy farmer. Um, you've got to have plans for next year. You know, like we just said, if you're a dairy farmer, uh, maybe some of your corn acres are going to go into alfalfa or or hay. You know, you've got to think of that. Um, you know, what what and then what acres are coming out of that? What alfalfa acres are coming out to go into corn? What's your plan for next year? Uh, what's your hybrid thoughts for next year? Um, you know, maybe some of those acres with a higher pH that are coming out of alfalfa, you want to look at a different product from a corn standpoint. Uh, maybe you want to give master grades a try on some of your acres that are in limbo. You know, maybe you don't want to go to a standard corn silage, uh, right after alfalfa. You want to go to something that's maybe a little shorter and you're going to go in and put uh, a winter cover crop in there. So, um, you know, you've got a lot of decisions to make moving forward. And I don't think that you can, uh, you, I don't think waiting till the fall is a lot of times the best decision. When is a guy, you know, we talk about, but we're, we're going to put some cover crops down this winter, uh, this fall. When, when's a guy going to think about getting those purchased or booked and, and what kind of, kind of, what kind of a plan are you looking at there? I think a lot of guys are looking right now. Uh, you know, you, you want to make sure you're ready to transition your acres. You don't want to be in that situation where you feel like you're rushed. Um, a lot of guys, you know, a lot of those guys have planned this out years in advance. You know, you have in your mind. You know, I'm going to have a three-year, maybe uh, in some cases a two-year stand of alfalfa or hay, and uh, maybe even up to a four or five-year, depending on what you're using and how you feel, you know, from a financial standpoint. And then, you know, you have a plan for that moving out. Um, and you've, there's a lot of acres in this country that are just corn. You know, there's guys who aren't going to go making hay on some ground. Yeah. So, you know, you got to keep that in mind as well. So, well, very good. Is there anything else you? What, what else you got? We're, we're early season. We're I mean, that's all the questions I've got. What do you What do you want to leave them with? Um, it's exciting. I mean, I, I'm excited personally. I think that it'll give us uh, a little bit, like we said in other podcasts, a taste of uh, normalcy. Yeah. Um, I'm excited. You know, I, I hope that things correct themselves. I hope that, you know, we'll, we'll be blessed with a good growing season. I hope that there's, you know, some market correction with, uh, with our economy opening back up. And honestly, I just hope to see just a really good year for everybody. And, um, and, you know, I, I know it's tough. I know that this is a, a time where it's going to really put some pressure and some strain on a lot of people. It has. I mean, it's sure. both in and out of ag. But I hope that the, that people are able able to, you know, I mean, America's resilient. I hope that together we're able to kind of overcome all of this um, and just use this kind of as like a deep breath and a restart, kind of like we've pushed the restart button, um, I think, both professionally and culturally. And I hope we'll, we're able to kind of turn the page on that. I, I agree. I'm into it. Yeah. Um, thank you podcast audience for, for listening. And, uh, if you, if you haven't already, you can check us out on uh, YouTube and see the, uh, if you're listening to this on the audio, you can see the video version of this and see how pretty we look. That's, uh, <laughs> that's on YouTube. We're also on Instagram and Facebook where you can find some clips and maybe some other little extra tidbits out of this and, uh, some informations on the, on early season management. Uh, we'll see you in two weeks and we'll do this again.